Welcome back in to episode 5 of the Embrace the Ground podcast. This is a part 1 of a two-part series that we'll be doing today and tomorrow. My friend from Twitter, Snacks, or Nikki Snacks, and I are doing a complete 2019 NFL draft redo or redraft. So basically, we just go through and we say who we would have picked instead of who was actually got picked. Some of the players stayed the same, some did not. Um, if you're not a football fan, you don't have to listen to this, I guess, but I'd appreciate it if you left a review, subscribed, liked, commented if you're watching on YouTube, any of that stuff. Um, so let's get right into it. Welcome back in, everyone. Today, I have a special guest, uh, I guess for two parts. This will be episode five and then episode six. I got snacks with me. We are going to redraft the 2019 NFL draft uh, picks one through 16 in this episode and then 17 through 32 in the next episode. So snacks, before we start, how are you doing? I am doing good, Lucas. I really am. Um, Like I said, I just took my dog Benny on a nice walk. Um, Guy poops more than more than a human being does in a day, but it was a good walk. It's been a good day. Uh, can't complain. Slept really nice. So I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Doing good. This was this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be to like even think of half of these picks. I thought it would be not simple by any means, but it was definitely tough to uh, sort it yeah, all out. So this will be there's fun. A, there's a lot of guys that are in the second round that are, that are going to move up. So For sure. For sure. All right. So before we start, I guess there's a couple things. So all trades we're keeping. Uh, so, for example, the Broncos traded back from 10 to like 20-something. So Steelers will stay at 10, like if the trade happened. There's a couple more in the back end of the draft. And I guess that's really the only, the only ground rule you could say. Uh, we'll just go pick by pick and say who we are. And we haven't, we haven't seen each other's picks either, too. So that would be kind of fun to – I mean, we'll see if they get the first reaction. Know, there, sure. might, there might be some sniping and having to, to go back and look at some notes, but – It'll be fun. It'll be fun. All righty. First overall pick. I mean, I, we just talked about it before. We don't. We don't change it. It was Kyler Murray to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I mean, I guess we could probably talk about what you thought last year. Did you think they were going to go Kyler last year, or did you have a different take? Uh, no, I thought they were going Kyler. Once Cliff came in, I thought it was it was set in stone. Um, Rosen. They used the tenth overall pick on him in 2018, and I liked Rosen coming out of college, but. Once Cliff was in there, I think he wanted his guy and, you know, somebody that he's worked with. So that, that to me, was kind of a sure-fired first, first overall pick. Yeah, I think last year was really a year where, like, there wasn't, like, a true number one. Like, if, say, Cliff never came, I don't really know who they would have went with. So I think it was definitely, I don't know, interesting to see kind of that aspect because it kind of was a late sort of, like, we're going Kyler. Um, so if I remember right, they didn't get him till after the season was over, uh, Kingsbury, because right. he went to, like right. – we got fired or something from USC or some type of – there was some, like, dilemma there. So I, think he, I think he, he got fired from Texas Tech, and then he signed on to be UC, USC's offensive coordinator, and then the Cardinals came knocking with their head coaching mm. uh, position, and then he left USC right away. So it was definitely after the season. Gotcha. Okay. So Kyler Murray is our redraft uh, 101 here. Uh, same thing goes for number two here. The San Francisco 49ers took Nick Bosa. We were both taking Nick Bosa. I mean – you could argue, I guess, other edge rushers, but Nick Bosa was the rookie of the year last year, pro bowler, Dominant. lit it up in the Super Bowl. So I don't know uh, really what else they would have gone here. They needed an edge rusher, obviously, and they got their, I would hope, franchise edge rusher. I hope he doesn't have the same injury uh, concerns that his brother does or else yeah. we'll see on that. But pretty easy for me here. Um, 
this is where it gets interesting now. So the third overall pick, the Jets took Quentin Williams, who prior to, you could say, Kyler Murray was the locked-in first pick. It seemed like everyone was mocking that there. So I'll let you go. Who do you have the Jets redrafting here? Yeah, so you're 100% right. A lot of people were, were – I remember the combine and the pro day and everything and just like tape-wise, Quentin Williams, Quentin Williams, Quentin Williams. And I was – as a Giants fan, I was sitting there at six. I'm like, oh, well, maybe, maybe he'll fall. Um, he did not have a great rookie showing. He battled injuries, did not pick up the NFL speed right away. It took him a little while. Um, he left a lot to be desired. So with the Jets pick here, I – they still need an edge rusher. So I'm going to take who fell to number seven, and I'm going to take Josh Allen for the Jets at number three. He was a dominant rookie force. He had double-digit sacks in his first year with Jacksonville, and that's exactly what the Jets need. They got their franchise quarterback and Sam yeah. Darnold the year before. So why not fix your, your other biggest weakness and take edge rusher? And we saw what Josh Allen can do. So Josh Allen to the Jets, third overall. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I had. I don't um, – they're really – to me, there's a huge tier break after Josh Allen based on last year's production for the rookies in terms of defensive dominance, I guess you can say, at really any position. So, yeah, I definitely think that's the right pick there. It's probably – Ultimately, who they should have gone, maybe, or maybe uh, I don't. I don't really know what else they needed. I, I think the I think the allure and everything on tape and the in the pro day and the combine, everything about Quinn and Williams was just like the upside and potential is too much to pass up on. But they were they weren't desperate for interior line no. defensive help. They were desperate for edge rusher. And Josh Allen could have you some argued that he was the best in the draft, and they passed up on him, which I think was a a very drastic mistake. So I'm glad we're in agreement there. And they got rid of Leonard Williams, obviously. So will he slide in? I don't know the depth chart by any means or anything. I'm pretty sure he'll slide into being that main uh, D lineman, you could say, on the Jets, if I, if I recall off the top of my head. All righty. Next up, the Oakland Raiders. Unless, yeah, the Oakland Raiders here. They had three picks in the first round. Um, if I, yeah, so did the Giants. So There's two teams of three picks. This one was tough for me because uh, at this pick, they went Cleveland Farrell, which was very – that was confusing. You know what's funny? Uh, real quick, I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt. All right, interrupt. go for it. Um, we, we, we were in Nashville, me, Max, and, and, uh, and Nick. We were in Nashville for the draft, and we, we were getting alerts like the, the Raiders are going to do something like that nobody sees coming. And when you got like John Gruden and Mike Mayock, who's it's pretty unorthodox duo, you're thinking, ah, well, whatever, whatever. Josh Allen's sitting there. Okay, fine. No. When we heard Clown Fo, what? Yeah. I won't curse. Yeah. I won't curse. I promise I won't curse. <laughs> what the what, – what, what happened? Mm-hmm. So, that was definitely a wild and unorthodox pick. So, continue. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say Yeah, that. that's exactly what I was going to say. It was very, like – that was the one – I mean, there's tons of picks every year that are unexpected, obviously. But that was the one pick where I don't even know if anyone had him that high on their, their board, any of the top guys. So, they went Cleveland Farrell here. Um, and I gave them Devin White. Obviously, not the same position uh, in DN and middle linebacker, but – the Raiders linebackers are terrible, like, every single year, it seems like. And it's probably because their system doesn't rely on linebackers. But I think coming back to it, Devin White uh, got picked next. They would probably take the next best defensive presence uh, team captain sort of build of a player. So I just gave him Devin White there because they did also have two later picks where they could fill in uh, the edge rushers. Yeah. And, you know, I, we'll see how Farrell does, how he winds up doing. But um, – very, very questionable, no doubt. Yeah, 
I mean, he didn't play good. Well, he didn't play up to pick four because Max Crosby, their other DM, sort of broke out last year. Max Crosby was, was a he was a beast. Like so I don't know, yeah. From? I don't know if it was like a product of like Crosby was so good that like Farrell was just good enough and no one really cared, or like he actually was just not good. It's hard to tell with DMs really. Like, right, really it, it is, and that defense wasn't great as a whole, so it's yeah, it's kind of hot wash. And they, uh, and they went like all offense in the draft, if I remember. Well, the corner in round one or round one, I think, with their second pick. Their second pick, and they took Jacobs at twenty four, right? Yep. So we'll see how they go. Uh, they they do, do need a linebacker. I checked like the the new depth chart. It's bad. They got one guy from the Rams, uh, Littleton, I think, but he's not much of yes, like a Littleton. Yeah. He's like a more of a pass coverage type linebacker, not a yeah. He's he's, he's, he's not he's not really a, much of an edge rusher or anything. But you know, I'm. Whatever they traded the probably the second best pass rusher in football for for these picks. So see how it turns yeah, out. Yeah, see how it's worth it. Alrighty, next up here before we get to your Giants, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I struggled with this one because I didn't know the route maybe they would go. So I just went with the next best linebacker and Devin Bush. Well, we are, I, same, we are on the same page because I had White going to um, Oakland, and then I said, well, if Tampa Bay's taking White. If he's gone, they're taking Bush. So I, I put two and two together. I put it right there. So we, we, we're in agreement there. And Devin Bush had a fantastic rookie season. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I don't I didn't really – I was trying to think back to, like, what they needed last year. And it really – like, it was a lot, obviously, because the Bucks aren't a great team by any means. But they not really – if you kind of, like, broke down the roster. So it was kind of – just give them the next best linebacker. That definitely would have I, – I, well, I think Bush played better than White because White was injured at the beginning of the year and just kind yeah. of slowly worked his Overall way. Overall production, he was better, for sure. Yeah, but I think White's probably the better player. I'm not really for sure uh, quite yet. And, and and Bush is definitely, like, in a better situation with that Pittsburgh defense. They have talent all over the field and, um, you know, guys to learn from, great coaching staff that's been there mm-hmm. for forever. So, I, you know, obviously he's going to have a little leg up picking up the speed and everything like that. So – I, I don't think you could really go wrong with Devin White, Devin Bush. So, either or, yeah, for sure. All righty, number six here, your New York Giants. Um, if we're going off ranking surprise picks, this was definitely number two. And if I can oh, yeah. somehow get Scott to send me the video of your reaction or Nick, I'll 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 put that in the video here. If not, we'll just keep going. So, I mean, I kept Daniel Jones here, but I'll let you let you talk on it. Oh, well, what do you what do you? When he nuts, Lucas, of course I kept Daniel Jones here. The guy, he was – that was probably – all right, I'll be honest. I didn't like the pick. Hated it. You'll show the reaction. We were in Nashville. I was devastated. I drank more booze that night than I have probably consumed in 27 years of living because I thought I thought my franchise was ruined. I thought we just wasted another first-round pick on a guy from Duke University that no one even projected as a first-round pick. Well, you know, people did, but l- later on, maybe Giants would get him with the 17th pick or whatnot. But Gettleman, who I'm not a fan of, made a bold move, and he got his guy. And from what we saw in his rookie year, he showed plenty to make mm-hmm. us believe that he is the guy moving forward. We were blessed. We had Eli Manning. Anybody, can, you could say whatever you want about Eli Manning. The guy was the starting quarterback for us for 15 years most of which solid, consistent play. You knew what you were getting. He was never the best. He was never the worst. One, two Super Bowls, all these things. If I'm getting 10, 15 years out of Daniel Jones, I don't care how much that pick was made, mocked, made fun of, how much I cried that night. It's a phenomenal pick. It's a ballsy pick, but it's a phenomenal pick. To get your guy, your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, the most important position in sports, you do it. 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And the way I look at it is, is like how many like game changer quarterbacks actually are there in the league? You got Russell Wilson, Mahomes, now Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson. Like I That's really, yeah. It. So like, I, I think everyone hypes up the, like, he's a top, what, five, six pick that he has to be like this stud quarterback. And my thinking is like, I watch, I mean, both of us really, I watched Peyton Manning play like crap. I mean, with the two Super Bowls, right. Eli Manning didn't play like crap, but he didn't play like, I guess no, you could never say played, Mahomes he never, did. He never yeah. played like nearly like top of the league outside of one year. So if Daniel Jones is like, Matt Ryan was the third overall pick in 2008, I believe, something like that. You give me Matt Ryan's career. I mean, I, I'd like, a, you know, a, a Super Bowl, but you give me Matt Ryan's career for Daniel Jones, that, that's a fantastic career. Matt Ryan's been a hell of a quarterback. He's been a franchise stud for, for a decade. So I don't, th- I'm with you. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's top six pick. He doesn't have to be Mahomes, doesn't have to be Lamar. You know, those guys are different. They're very different. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, I, I think this is the pick here. I mean, I think it's the pick here for sure because the rest of the quarterbacks really, I don't think are on the same level as of now in the career. So it has to be the pick to me. Obviously, they, they need defense here and there. But I, I'm about the mindset of find if you have your guy, get him and then build around him. And if you don't have your guy, then build around him and insert him with a veteran or some type of player right. like that. So I, I, like, I like the Daniel Jones repick there for sure. All righty, next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They did get Josh Allen, but obviously we had him going number three here. So uh, who did you have the Jaguars redrafting? Well, I was, I was a little – I wanted to go wide receiver, but then I'm thinking, okay, DJ Chark really, like, blew up last year, and Clayus Campbell's getting older and whatnot. I took Ed Oliver. Um, Ed Oliver went to the Bills, I believe, mm-hmm. and he was a force. He was a very good player. Um, I think he was a guy coming out of college that maybe flew a little bit under the radar because those D tackles just seem to not like, unless your name is Aaron Donald, or I guess in this case this year with Quentin Williams too, but he was really productive. And I think, I think the Jaguars just needed something steady up front to build around because you figure you're going to lose Campbell. You're going to lose some of these guys on defense. So I, I, I was in the mindset of thinking Ed Oliver can anchor that defensive line for years to come. Yeah, that's exactly what I took. And I took it on the basis of you seeing that they're moving on from their defensive guys, just like you said. Because I think there's probably better picks in terms of talent and what they could sure, actually yeah. use. But in reality, to probably what they would have pivoted to if Allen was gone, I think it would have been one of Oliver Williams. Probably probably at the time would have been Williams due to the, the hype around him. Hype, but yep. Yeah, but I think now – uh, from what we've seen, it's definitely Ed Oliver here. Um, and the next up, the Detroit Lions. I had them taking Quinnen Williams here. Yep. Nothing exactly against like T- yeah. TJ Hawkinson. Tight ends are just a waste of a pick, to be honest. And we'll we'll go to my Broncos pick. I don't even think Noah Fant's in my first round. If I'm looking at it, like it's just it's not a it's not a good pick due to the fact that like like the quarterbacks. How many game changer tight ends are there? Like Kelsey, Kittle, Ingram when he's healthy. He's healthy. Mark Andrews, I, I guess. Like yeah, he he. Skeptical on him moving it, moving forward, but sure. that's so, that's, uh, yeah. I think that's just the pro- the product of his offense that he's in. But he's definitely a stud. But you're right; there's really nothing like, like too drastic of playmakers at tight end. Like Waller got a million targets. Hunter Henry's been very good. But for me, if I'm drafting, if I'm drafting in the top ten, there's probably only four positions that I'm really targeting, and tight end is not one of them. Yeah, so I think really Quinny Williams. Obviously, we've been talking about how he didn't show out to his number three pick, but they ran into last year. Like they moved into last year with 
Danny Shelton, I'm pretty sure, is their starting D tackle and like one of their only D tackles in the rotation. So really, they could have benefited from. I mean, I guess at the time, none of the D linemen um, were there for them to take, or Ed Oliver was, I guess. And I, I think that's kind of that was like the mocked up pick here and there. So yeah. I guess it would have been Ed Oliver maybe, but they need uh, help on the D line for sure. I don't know. Um, I don't even know who's starting for him. Because Ziggy Ansah left, too. I'm trying to think who they even have. Yeah, I, I don't need – off the top of my head, I couldn't even tell you. So, yeah, obviously obviously that that proves that they need the help there. So, I think Quentin Williams would have – Yeah. And a player like especially, that, too. Especially with a defensive-minded head coach. That's that that's where yeah. I thought they would have went. But Yeah, so we'll see on Hawkinson. I I mean, I live in Iowa, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the Iowa guy to, to break out. That's but, right. That's right. you gotta be you got to be somewhat of a fan. But you're an Iowa State fan, aren't you? Not really. I got an Iowa football, right? I don't know. There, nope. The other side right there. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I made an educated guess. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't have a preference, I guess, to who I like. So, yeah, Quentin Williams, I don't know. I mean, did, does he still have the braces? I know he had the braces last year. I don't know if he still has them or not. Or <laughs> I'm not completely certain, but I would hope not. That was quite that – was, that was, I remember using, like, a commercial – or something. I, I didn't find out until like I saw it on TV or Twitter or something. And it was definitely something for sure. I did not expect that for a 300-pound Alabama uh, D, D, D lineman for sure. No. Alrighty. Who do we got here? We got Buffalo up next at nine. They went at Oliver. Obviously, he is gone. So, who did you have the Buffalo Bills taking? So, I, I took I took A.J. Brown for Buffalo. So, he's we're, moving. We're on par right now. Way up. Oh, yeah, you too? He's moving way up. Way up. Buffalo – when you draft your franchise quarterback the year before and you already have a pretty stout defense coming in, um, they picked that Oliver for – that was like a luxury pick. They got a talented defense player. That's just adding strength to strength. But you want to give your young quarterback, your you know rookie quarterback going into his second year, more weapons. And we saw what A.J. Brown could do with Ryan Tannehill last year towards the end of the year. And Josh Allen's not the most accurate guy. We know that. His, his throwing is not, it's not great. But you know what? With a weapon like A.J. Brown, a guy that can get open, you trust in your young quarterback that you made a very big investment to trade up to get. You trust him to throw to these wide-open guys. And A.J. Brown would do that for the Buffalo Bills. John Brown's a nice receiver. Cole, Cole Beasley's, you know, he's fine. But A.J. Brown is a supreme talent. So that, that's where I went with Buffalo. Yeah, I think, and especially because we saw kind of both aspects to it. They took Oliver last year as a luxury pick. Epinesa fell in their lap. They don't even need an edge. Like they lost Shaq Lawson, but they have so they have so many D linemen. But then they go out and get Stephon Diggs, trading away their first round pick in a wide receiver heavy class, proving that like they strictly want that downfield playmaker guy. Because John Brown, he was that last year, but I think he flashes better in like a I don't know the role like a Robert Woods type role for a team. Yeah, like, I agree. Consistency, yeah, sometimes the key with him. So, so yeah, I definitely think that I don't know if the if the breakout would have happened, if Josh Allen was his quarterback for AJ Brown right away, but I definitely think it would have been a better, not a better pick, better pick with the board we have. Cause I think Ed Oliver was also a steal. Right. Exactly. And I think just like the AJ Brown pick for Buffalo is more of like a, I don't want to say a common sense thing, but it's more of like a, I'm trying to give my young kid, my young quarterback, my neck, hopefully my next franchise as much weapons as he can get, because I already have a stout defense. So that, mm-hmm. that's where my line of thinking came in. For sure. All righty. So, like I said, the trades uh, do stand pat if they happen. So, uh, the Steelers traded up for the Broncos here to get Devin Bush. Ultimately, hey, as of now, I don't mind the trade because the Broncos got Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and then they traded for A.J. Bouye with that other pick. So, as of now, it's looking good for Devin Bush. So, we'll see 
how that pans out, obviously. Um, so I went with Dre Greenlaw here. Uh, he got drafted by the Niners in like round three or four. Wow. And he really graded out as the next best linebacker. I know I use the same motto for taking Bush to the Bucks. So I'm going to do the same thing here, primarily because obviously they traded up to get a linebacker, if that makes sense. So I think they would do it again, you could say. Um, and, I mean, they don't need receivers. They don't need a court. They, they do now, but they didn't need a quarterback at the time, a running back they didn't need. Corners are fine. D-line's fine. So, really, that was the only hole they need. So, Dre Greenlaw, um, kind of early maybe, but I think he played, to, he played to the value of kind of this middle of round one last year. Absolutely. And, I mean, the, the upside is, is there. His ceiling is the roof. So, get, getting him where yeah. you got him is I, – I have no qualms there. I, I was a little stunned by that because, like you said – third or fourth round pick he was yeah the um, Niners yeah so coming all the way up like that but he he showed what he can do and I, I actually think that's a, it's a pretty good pick I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna take somebody else but I guess not I mean if you were were you trying to say Drew Locke that's I was trying to say that yeah at the time though it wouldn't have made sense because Big Ben was probably four more years anyway so no I know I, I'm just I'm just Boston John for sure did you did you have a different one or uh, for for Pitt, yeah. Um, who did I have for Pitt? Uh, hold on one second. I was just looking. Yeah, you're all good. I think I had Brian. I think I had Brian Burns. Okay, yeah, that was the only other linebacker I could really yeah. think of. I was trying to go through my head and uh, think of even uh, the ones on. Yeah, there, I, had, I had Burns. Yeah, and he went six. Yeah, sixteen overall. He was a DN, but I think he played a little bit of both. So yeah, that well, definitely. He was kind of like a hybrid. Definitely feel the need for them here. Um, so next up are the Cincinnati Bengals. They went Jonah Williams. I had him taking Jonah Williams because really none of the tackles played. Like, none of the tackles were really anything. I mean, obviously, Williams got hurt. Uh, so we'll see if he is the 11th Yeah, pick. jury's still out on Williams, but I, I'm with you. I, I took Jonah here, too, because they need a desperate offensive line help. Um, I for the quarterbacks, again, I'm sorry. I know you're a Bronco fan. Like, Drew Locke is not somebody I would have taken there. No. Even though they needed – maybe needed one, whatever they thought, adult at the time. But that wasn't the time to pick it. You knew you were going to be terrible next year. So, what, might as well shore up your offensive line before you could start build, You start drafting um, your next franchise guy, which they did not Burrow the year after. So, Jonah Williams is a guy I took absolutely. For sure, yeah. And I don't know – it'll be interesting to see because he was definitely, like, in, in mocks and big boards and analysis, like so far and ahead of the rest of these tackles coming into last year. And I mean, none of the really, like I just said, none of the, the guards and centers kind of showed out out of this class where the tackles were just kind of, eh. This, so we'll kind of see if he really is the far and away, um, like we, like people thought he was and that that was worth the pick. Cause now they needed, uh, they need a franchise tackle to cover their franchise quarterback. So definitely. Absolutely. So they better hope he's the guy. And he was a guy at sixth when I wasn't even thinking about Daniel Jones. Um, he was a guy at six that I wanted because the Giants have needed – they've needed offensive line help since Vietnam. So it's like, yeah, why but not hey, take that? Right. So, but now you have your franchise quarterback and the best offensive lineman in the class last year. So, well, I'd say most pro-ready, so best I get. I don't know. They were all good. You couldn't have, you couldn't have really gone wrong. So it was definitely – I think I think Tom is just speaking on, like, the top four guys yeah. from this year. Um, and our biggest weakness was left tackle. Andrew Thomas played left tackle for three years at, at Georgia in the SEC against the toughest competition. So he's definitely the most pro-ready left tackle, and that's exactly what I was looking for it for. So. For sure. All right. Next up here, the Green Bay Packers. This was also an interesting one, and I kind of went with the, the bias on my pick. I went Terry McLaurin. And to me, like, 
that's such a bad pick, though, when it comes down to it, though. Like, you don't go receiver early. I, I don't know. Do you have Terry McLaurin, too, or who do you have? Here? I, had Terry, I had Terry McLaurin, too. After seeing what they did that offseason, signing these pass rushers and everything, you figure, okay, their defense is set. But they were really going into the season trusting MVS and, like, Geronimo Allison as, as wide receiver twos opposite of Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams went out. Those receivers did nothing. Terry McLaurin mm-hmm. showed what he could do with Dwayne Haskins and – what half a case of Ke- half half a case Keenum throwing the football? The kids in our world stood. Why not take a guy like Terry that would be a perfect complement for Devontae Adams? And that's exactly why I took him with Green Bay here. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that like okay, so say they would have taken a receiver last year this time, it wouldn't have been Terry. It would have been like Nikhil Harry or right, even of course, that. Of even that though, like that offense would be so good because Nikhil Harry, like say whatever you want, he's still a good football player. He, he like, got yeah. all the talent in the world. Yep. So I think that it definitely would have been interesting. Except from what I watched, Rashawn Gary did nothing. He was banged up, and then he just kind of filled in here and there. So it's definitely a – I think it was more of a cocky pick, if anything, you could say, or just like a, we don't need help or I don't know. So definitely definitely dropped the ball on that one. And then they did not get a receiver again this year. Well, Devin Funches, if you count him as a receiver. So oh, we'll yeah. See how, yeah. Yeah. We'll see yeah. how that dynamic rolls uh, for they them. They really hate Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, and they drafted they Jordan Love too. So they right, exactly. They hate him, and then and then you know Aaron Jones only scores like like sixteen hundred touchdowns last year, and they decide to draft a running back in the second round instead of you know in a, in a wide receiver heavy heavy draft. They decide not to take one. So yeah, okay. that's that's why you don't let a first year head coach draft in his his yeah. first actual full season. That's yeah. definitely the where he not dropped good. the ball there. All right, not next good. up the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so to preface, they went. Uh, Chris Lindstrom here, and then they traded back in at the end of the first round to get um, – I'm going to forget it now. Caleb McGarry, uh, they're both, they both got hurt last year, both healthy now, so their line should be good. But I went Eric McCoy here. He got drafted by the Saints. Um, he was like a top 15 graded guard last year as a rookie. I think it's a little bit of a product of him being the worst lineman on the Saints in a good way. So I don't know if he really could be like the, the one uh, – the, the main one on the Falcons, you could say. But – Obviously, the Falcons, they wanted O-line help uh, coming in, getting one, trading back in. So, I think this would probably be where they would pivot to. They obviously don't need a guard because they drafted um, – well, Lindstrom's a guard. But they needed a tackle more. But they probably could have worked around moving guys around. So, that's who I picked here. Um, did you have anyone different? Uh, well, you see, it, it's, it's a little difficult for me because um, with, with Pittsburgh up there, uh, when I said Burns – I kind of had him pegged at Atlanta too. I had a few different spots, and I think like defensively, like Burns would have kind of fit mm-hmm. perfectly in with, with, with Atlanta, and they desperately need defensive help. But no, that, that's that's a good pick. It's very hard to argue that. Yeah, I they, think they, uh, they for sure need to shore up that offensive line. The Falcons got some edge rusher too, or outside linebacker, uh, and free Dante Fowler in free agency. So obviously that Fowler, was a yes, need, yes. need that was, for them. That was a sneaky good. I think they gave him a little too much money. Didn't they give him like a multi-year deal? Yeah, because him and. Uh, uh, Robert Quinn went to the Bears. They kind of got quite a bit of money because I think it must yeah. have been a shallow year for edge rushers, so they got kind of paid up maybe or something like that. So, all right, this is the last pick of part one, and then part two will be out tomorrow. So I'll let you go here. The Carolina Panthers went Brian Burns, who we just mentioned. He played really, really well. Uh, he was banged up and then kind of came in. I think he got banged up a little bit again, but he played really, really well for um, – Seven and a half sacks, man. If, if he's there, yeah. like, like if he's there, I, I guess I could – all right, can I can I pivot a little bit since like you know you t- I there was two spots where Burns 
that yeah, I could have had where, where you took Sam. So I would keep Burns here if he's still on the board. For sure. Is that like, like you took the, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I would keep Burns here. I mean, he showed he's got plenty of potential. He had 25, ta- 25 tackles for loss. He had seven and a half sacks as a rookie. Like that's only going to, that's only going to go up. Um, they bring in a new coaching staff and everything. Maybe it was a product of Ron Rivera's defense scheme or whatnot, but I don't think so. I think Brian Burns is, is the real deal. He's, he's got tons of, tons of potential. So um, I don't, I don't deviate from that pick of Brian Burns for Carolina. For sure. And I misspoke. We skipped over the Redskins, but we'll go ahead and do the, we'll do the Panthers here. I went Max Crosby matter. here. I went Max Crosby here. We were just talking about him. I think um, there was quite a bit of, kind of a group of D linemen edge rushers. I think after the top guys, like I said, I think Dexter Lawrence still played pretty good for what he had last year. Uh, Montez Sweat still played good. So I, I went Max Crosby just because I think he showed out a little bit more in year one. And they obviously went DN for a reason. Uh, then they showed that again this year. They need defensive help taking literally all defense with their picks. So that was my pick there. And then, like I said, I skipped over the Redskins. So this is the actual last pick. So the Redskins picked at 15. They went Dwayne Haskins, and, and I went Drew Locke here. I don't know. I would do, I don't, the, same I, I would do the same thing because um, I'll tell you, I'll be – I'll hand to God. I'll be honest. Um, when I knew – when we were recording our Fade the Public podcast before the draft, I'm like, Dwayne Haskins, he grew up a Giant fan, played great Ohio State, and this is really before I, like, dove into him and whatnot. Um, that's who I wanted the Giants to draft. And then the Redskins, you know, we take Dan Jones. The Redskins get him. I'm like, gosh, great. This guy is going to torment me for years because that's who I yeah. wanted. After watching him, I see nothing in a franchise quarterback. Nothing. I, You know, that yeah. it's predetermined. It's what, not even half a season that he played. There is just nothing there that I looked at that was like, wow. Like, you know, like a wow factor. Like Drew Locke, mm-hmm. wow factor. Dan Jones, wow factor. Calamari, wow factor. If they're going to take a quarterback – and it's Haskins versus Drew Locke, I'm taking Drew Locke 100 times out of 100. Yeah, I think the problem – like, I think it was the good pick there. I think they had to do it because Haskins arguably played better than Kyler Murray in college, arguably was a better college quarterback. So, and the way I look at it, he fell. So, falling to 15, you're thinking, okay, this yeah. is an unbelievable value. But I think the – like I said earlier, I think this is a product of you have to build a team around the quarterback before you insert the quarterback – because everyone's like, well, Keenum performed when he played. Well, yeah, but Keenum also has been in the league for a long time. He went to the That's NFC Championship. He's been in an MVP candidate. He's going to have experience. They threw it, and I think it's, you're going to see it again. I think people are going to throw Haskins out way too early. And to be honest, if they have a top five pick next year, I don't know if they go quarterback because I know Rivera is not a dumb coach. And I think that if the team develops a little bit, he might just keep him in there and see, like, we can get a top O-lineman or something. Now, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, cause I know we're, we're done with the first half. So I, l- let me, let me ask you this. And I was talking with some of my giants, my giants friends, uh, giants fans, friends, like what if, what if the giants suck and they could they have brutal schedule, a new coach. We don't know about training camp and all this. So it could be very much a struggle for the season. What if we ended up with the number one pick? If we end up with the number one pick, that probably means Daniel Jones regresses, right? Or stays yeah. the same, I guess. I mean, like, yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah. I, I, I get – because I think the defense has improved. I think that McKinney, I think they're bringing back Golden. Um, I think Blake Martinez is a big upgrade over Ogletree. Um, the, it's still going to be bad. Don't get me wrong. I think the offense has a chance to be really explosive, though. And if they're not, that means they're losing probably every game. If you're sitting there at one 
and you're looking at Jones did if he regressed or not, and Trevor Lawrence, who people say is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, what do you do? Do you trade it for the farm, or do you pull an Arizona Cardinal and you take Lawrence and you trade Jones for a second round pick? So it's it's an yeah. interesting dilemma because I don't I think Haskins would really if they have a top five pick I don't think Haskins is going to be good. I think their defense is going to win them like three games on their own with that vaunted defensive line. So I think I think it's going to be very interesting because this new regime is not married to Dwayne Haskins. So I, yeah, I think because I have a different answer than probably most people do on this. So everyone. And I can just talk about it like in this way this year. So the, I think you could say the top five projected worst teams are probably the Redskins, the Jaguars, the Panthers. Some people saying the Bears are in there and the Jets. Three of those teams had seven to eight wins last year and they only got better. So I think we over-exaggerate it because if I look at those teams, who would actually replace their quarterback? The Jaguars would probably be the only one 10 times out of 10, if you get what I'm saying. I think – I get the quarterbacks are there, but I think it's going to be more of a it's I think it's finally going to be the season where the Saints get a quarterback, where the Steelers get a quarterback, where Patriots the Patriots maybe do, but but it's not because they're going to be there at the draft slot. It's because they're going to have to make moves to do that cuz the Patriots guys are not they're not finishing 3 and 13. They're going to go 8 and 8, 9 and 7, maybe even higher than that cuz it's still the Patriots. So my answer is no, because I think you, you have Daniel Jones. And the way I look at it is the, the Broncos fell into this after Manning left. Players left because they bought a Super Bowl. They ran out of cap space. And they tried way too hard to get a quarterback right away with, with Brock Osweiler and then Paxton Lynch. And then I um, um, don't even know who after that, Joe Flacco. So they wasted too much money and too much draft capital on um, getting, <laughs> getting a uh, – getting their next quarterback, you could say. So I think with Daniel Jones, say you had the number three pick, and there's probably three top three quarterbacks in Fields, Lawrence, and Lance. Yeah. To me, you trade it or you just take what you need, and which is probably a right tackle. You could argue maybe Solder bounce back up, but it's probably a right tackle or defense. So, I See, with the Giants did this draft, and um, I have high hopes for the kid. They, they drafted Matt Pert in the third round from UConn. Um, he's more of a developmental guy, but they said if you give him a year or whatnot. So I, I'm hoping the offensive line's okay. I would love to go defense, like edge rusher, um, if that's if that is the case. If we're we're in the top three or whatnot, but I'm with you. If there there is really only one team in your pack that you said would definitively a hundred thousand ten percent take quarterback, and that's the Jaguars. I think that's what almost what they want to do. Um, but I look at a team like the Panthers. Well, I I wonder. I don't know off the top of my head what Teddy B's contract is, like how much guaranteed it is and whatnot. I'm not the biggest Teddy B believer. Um, I could see, but it is the new regime that gave him the contract. So it's like, yeah, what do you really expect? It's going to be very interesting to see how the the draft order falls and who's go, who's drafting where and what quarterbacks are needed. But you're right. Some of these big teams did the Saints – these successful big teams for the last decade, the Saints, the Patriots, the Steelers, all need them. So there's there's a strong chance that you're in the top three. You can get a king's ransom. If you believe in your quarterback, you get a king's ransom from these teams. And, I mean, if you're the Cowboys, too, they don't have a quarterback under contract for next year. So, all righty, that's part one. Part two will be out tomorrow with picks 17 through 32. We'll see you guys tomorrow.